lots of wildlife out here. I mean, I'm not saying we're in danger right now, but you know, there's there's bears in them there woods, Dennis, right back there. So <laughs> yeah, well, we, and we they swim too. Video. You know, we're not they, they can swim out to the island here. We're not in we're not uh, we're not safe here, Dennis. Hello, welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast. And this is a pretty unique episode today because we are located uh, outside of Tom Green's property in Canada. And my guest today is comedian, uh, musician, producer, director, Tom Green. Hey, thanks, Dennis. This Thank is you awesome. so much. Great, great to be here. This is so cool. Well, we've been having a lot of fun hanging out with you guys the uh, last few days. Well, you've got a, a, a great story that ties into a lot of what we're, we're trying to do here, which is promote renewable energy, green living, uh, and how batteries plays into that. And let's talk about, first of all, when you first left Los Angeles a couple of years ago and you decided to, to go completely off-grid, how'd you come up with that decision and how did that go for you? Yeah, it was uh, right at the beginning of the uh, COVID worldwide global pandemic. And I was, uh, I'd canceled my stand-up tour because, uh, all the, sh all the shows were shutting down at that time. And I'd had a year of touring booked and um, I found myself with uh, some time on my hands. And I uh, started thinking about what I you know, would do with that time. And I, 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 I basically discovered Boho vans, Boho camper vans, a friend of right. mine. We, we know them well. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And um, that's how I found you guys because they introduced me to Battleborn Batteries and I was, uh, you know, really kind of, that was kind of what kind of uh, almost kind of solidified the idea of getting this van and going out to the desert because I wanted to go out into the desert and I was living in Los Angeles. I wanted to go into the desert and do some filming. And um, when I found out that I could actually, you know, and actually was recording music. And I, I was, when I found I could actually build a recording studio in a van, and go off grid into the middle of nowhere and just get creative. Um, and you decided to bring Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Charlie's actually three years old. I got Charlie at the same time as I got the van. And um, uh, I, was, I adopted Charlie. She's a rescue from the Bahamas. And uh, she was brought into California uh, through a rescue agency in California called Thrive, which is a cool agency that brings in stray street dogs from the Caribbean and Mexico. And uh, it's actually on Jimmy Durante's ranch in, uh, you know, the famous entertainer in uh, San Diego and his daughter runs this, this uh, rescue agency. And um, yeah, so I, uh, I, got, I got Charlie, who was not named Charlie at the time, but I, got, I, I adopted when my dad heard I was adopting a dog and getting a van and going to go out on this sort of camping adventure, he said, oh, you should name the dog Charlie, like Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. And uh, I was like, I'd never read the book. I read the book and I named her Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, by the way, which is uh, on Instagram, Charlie the Potcake Dog. She's, Potcake is the, the, the sort of the name for the dogs that they give uh, stray dogs out in the Caribbean. And they're called Potcakes because the... 
The Bahamanian people uh, feed all the local dogs uh, burnt rice cakes, and they call them pot cakes, and they're pot cake dogs. So. <laughs> so I named her Charlie after Travels with Charlie, and we went out in the desert, and I built a recording studio in my van, and um, really was doing a lot of fun content for my YouTube channel. And how long were you out there? Well, because I was living in Los Angeles at the time, I would go out for, for a couple of weeks, and then I'd go back home and mm -hmm. uh, take a shower and then uh, go back out again. So I was going out into Arizona and California and Nevada and New Mexico, Texas, and, uh, and Utah, and going mm -hmm. to all sorts of interesting spots. So, Right, you were, you were looking uh, to, to get away from people, to be alone, to be creative. Yeah, I was kind of uh, uh, just kind of looking to kind of, I, I was really, you know, I've always loved photography, I've always done video, I've always made music, and I've always been interested in technology. You know, I built a TV studio in my living room in the early 2000s and did a, a I called it WebOvision, but it was basically an early form of a podcast. I, uh, I uh, before that, my show on MTV, The Tom Green Show, was me running around with a home video camera doing crazy pranks and stunts. And that was sort of in the early 90s when that started and was on MTV in 1999. But I started in Canada in the early 90s. And it was kind of a new idea, I guess, to take a home video camera and make a TV show out of it. So, um, so I've, I've always been kind of really looking at what's happening with with technology and how it could be used to make video and music. And so, so it, it kind of all kind of spiraled a little bit. I wasn't really, I didn't wake up one day and say, I want to go out in the desert for a year and make music. But it was more like I discovered the van, I discovered these batter, the batteries and the, built the studio. And then once I'd spent all this sort of time putting the studio together in the van, I, all, I just sort of got really addicted to going out into the desert. and exploring and finding really amazing places in the desert, so, right. so yeah. Well, you, of all people, given your history, should understand how this type of portable power and your access to energy can change how you were used to behaving, how were you used to creating content and, and making art. Yeah, like one of the first, first road trips I did when I was starting the Tom Green Show in Canada, before it was on MTV, was we drove across Canada in a Ford Econoline van, and uh, it was myself and two of my friends, and uh, we just wanted to take off on the road to film videos, and um, but you know we'd, we'd have to stop every day and charge our batteries up. We'd have to charge our camera batteries up. We'd have to get a hotel room every night to charge because we didn't have any way of charging our batteries up. So that was sort of you know a, a limiting factor, and. Um, and uh, so it's sort of surreal to me that you could go here. We're on an island right now. We just canoed out to an island, and uh, you know, we could we could stay here indefinitely with this incredible device that you've uh, you've you've brought here, and and uh, it's amazing to me. So so and and it was equally amazing when I was out in the middle of the desert in Arizona in a van and able to charge my camera batteries, charge my phone up. Although I didn't have cell service most of the places I went, but um, um, make music. I had a whole recording studio. Um, it was really 
really, really kind of an exciting thing. Because I, I find like I find it, I get a lot more creative when I go places that are off the beaten track. Because you feel like you're doing something different. You feel like you're going to a place that not everybody's been before. And so even if you're doing comedy, it's kind of fun to do comedy in a place where the background and the visuals are are unique and interesting to people. So, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's it's been it's been uh, been kind of a a rabbit hole I've really started going down when when uh, when uh, when I got the van and that's how I ended up meeting you and you guys so it's been it's been cool yeah well given where we are right here it, it does seem like you went down a rabbit hole a bit you were going in and out of LA in a van and going out in the desert and we're now in rural Canada mm -hmm. um, and you are looking at getting more access to to power but off-grid power yeah, because we're in sort of a remote area, and uh, I found a farm up here. And I, after a, after a few, after a, after about a year of traveling around in my van in the desert, I, I just sort of started thinking about my life differently, and and uh, I wanted to be closer to my parents who are are uh, doing well and live nearby here. And uh, so I sold my house in Los Angeles after 20 years in Los Angeles, and I found this farm up here, and I. I, uh, I have a mule and a donkey now, and some chickens, and Charlie, and uh, we're uh, really enjoying living out, being close to nature, and uh, and uh, close to my family, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm sort of uh, doing a lot more outdoor, country type life activities, you know, canoeing and and uh, fishing, and but but still active, still filming, still. Uh, yeah, I'm still, still comedy and all that stuff. Yeah, I have a new television show I'm working on now that I'm directing and producing, and and a podcast that we're gonna uh, be relaunching. I have a podcast called the Tom Green Podcast. Um, when I was in the van, I did a separate one called Tom Green's Van Life. That's also still you can still listen to that. You can listen to all these podcasts that I recorded out in the desert in the van. Um, you know, I had Ray Romano phoned in, Brad Garrett phoned in, uh, all sorts of other great people phoned into my show. I actually interviewed Ray Romano and I think I was in the middle of, you know, the desert somewhere when I interviewed him. Or Brad Garrett maybe was in the middle of the desert somewhere when I interviewed him, which was really kind of neat to be able to do a fully, you know, broadcastable production from the middle of nowhere. So that sort of started getting my wheels turning a little bit when I was thinking, you know, I've been living in Los Angeles for 20 years. I didn't really feel, feel like I had to live in Los Angeles anymore. I'm not from Los Angeles. I moved there when I was 29 years old. And uh, I've uh, been there for 20 years. And with, not just with battery pe te technology, but with like, you know, just the internet and everything else has made everything so much more accessible that I felt like I could come back and live near where I grew up and still continue to work in in the comedy business just as, just as well as if I was in the center of, of uh, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I did live in Los Angeles myself. I moved away um, when I was 39, about 11 years ago now. And uh, I was in academia, I was a professor, and, and I left. I moved up to Reno and, to start a company. And a lot of my colleagues thought I was a little nuts to do that. And I'm, I'm wondering if any of yours were like, what the hell is he doing? What, is he going nuts? <laughs> What's the reaction from the industry for you? It's interesting. Well, I've got a, a really uh, 
incredible group of people that I work with and they're all very supportive of me and what I, you know, I talk to my friends and, and, and man, I have a manager named Roy, his name's Rory Rosegarten. He's a, also executive producer of my television show. He produced Everybody Loves Raymond as well. He's one of the great comedy uh, uh, producers and managers and a legend really. And uh, so he, uh, you know, I asked him, you know, I did ask him before I moved. I said, yeah, do you think I could live in Canada? And, and he, was like, he, he said, hey, I, I live, he lived in New York uh, in, uh, uh, in Long Island the entire time he was producing Everybody Loves Raymond and mm -hmm. would fly down to Los Angeles when he was doing the show. But pretty much you can be anywhere you want. It doesn't want, matter you know? anymore, huh? Yeah. Actually, a lot yeah. of folks are leaving Los Angeles and continuing. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, it, was, it wasn't... Uh, so much about me wanting to leave Los Angeles as much as it was more about me wanting to be close to my family and, and, and close to this kind of nature where I grew up. It's very familiar to me. I like fishing and canoeing and being out in, in the wilderness. And, you know, we're, we're still close to cities here. I mean, I could drive to New York in an hour and a half, New York State. I could mm. drive, drive to to Montreal or Toronto and, mm -hmm. and so or Ottawa where I'm from is very close so so you know it's it's not like I'm you know you know moved off to a cabin in the woods and right. I'm not uh, communicating with anybody I still <laughs> can drive doing stand up I can drive to to shows and and uh and it's uh you know in some ways I'm actually feel like I'm actually less isolated now than I was when I was in Los Angeles because mm -hmm. in Los Angeles I was a 55-hour drive away from my family, and um, now I'm a 30-minute drive away from my family. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can get on a plane and go to Los Angeles if I need to go there. So, well, it seems pretty satisfying on a personal level. Do you feel any need to talk about this kind of life lifestyle on a wider scale, or promote green energy, renewable energy? What What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, I. Uh, I, I did talk about, do talk about quite a bit on my podcast and my YouTube channel and my new show that I'm doing is it's going to be coming out next year, which kind of revolves around my life uh, out here in the country. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly somebody that uh, cares a lot about the planet and I care a lot about, uh, you know, I, 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 I like to protect uh, what we have as much as possible. And I think if more people understood that they could get off fossil fuels in some ways. I think that would be, you know, not the, uh, the worst message to get out there at this time. You know, with, I think we're starting to see, everyone's starting to see real direct impact of climate change now. And, uh, and uh, you know, we've had a lot of fires up here in Canada this, this summer. And uh, that's, you know, directly in fact affecting everyone. You know, in one way or the other, everyone's feeling the effects of, of climate change. And so, you know, right. whether you believe in uh, man-made climate change or not, which, you know, you know, uh, you know some, I, I, under, I understand some people don't believe in that. Um, you know, you could still kind of think to yourself, well, maybe, you know, it might still be a good idea anyways, right? right? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I... I, I don't want to get all political. I don't want to get political. I don't want to get all political. <laughs> Really? Well, I think that um, <laughs> I think that regardless of whether you're leaning one way or the other, 
the opportunity is is there. There's there's a technological opportunity. There's an economic opportunity, mm. um, and especially when it comes to uh, Canadian and American national security, there is a great opportunity to ensure that that we're able to be self-sufficient in terms of how we make uh, make electricity, and that turns into an economic opportunity. Like for Dragonfly Energy, we're looking to, for example, onshore the production of the, the cells, the battery packs, which we do now. And it's, it's our belief that it's, it's gonna be a big part in the, in the coming uh, two, three decades to be able to do everything in-house. To be able to, by in-house I mean Domestically, making, making the batteries and the, the getting the raw materials, raw materials, making the cells, assembling the batteries, and that that presents an opportunity. And energy has always been a huge part of our of our lifestyle. And what's interesting for you as well is you're not you're you're, you're not getting all rustic in that you're trying to you you like technology. You're you're yeah. I mean, that's, using technology. That's well, yeah. I don't think I am. I mean, I have a recording studio that I'm making. A, I'm recording a country. <laughs> no, that's album the point. Right you you I, like I, technology, yeah. and you're using that to to be creative. So yeah, I, I, I it's it's not yeah. It's to me that's kind of like the, the you know the real thrust of why I enjoy the the technology that that we're using here today is because it allows me to go places that I wouldn't normally be able to go and to to document them with my with my camera. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a neat opportunity because no one's ever been really able to do that before, to be able to come out here. We're on an island. We could come out here and, you know, I could, I could, I could set up my recording studio right here on this island and hang out here for, you know, as long as I want and write music and make films. And that's kind of uh, going to inspire new ideas that you wouldn't have come up with before because sometimes you'll think of something that, you, you know, that you would never have thought of when you get out of your routine. You know, that's that's what happened to me when I went out into the desert. You know, I was so inspired by just the natural beauty of everything around me that now you're sort of in a more of a relaxed place. Your mind's thinking about things that you're not normally thinking about. You're outside of your daily routine. Not to mention just like putting the studio together and, and making the technology work for what I want to do. That kind of always has inspired creativity for me. When I was a kid, I was in a rap group, okay, when I was a teenager. And part of the reason I wanted to get into a rap group, I mean, you know, I started rapping with my friend. But the real thing was back in the, in the 80s, in the 80s, you remember electronic music was brand new thing. And so you hear this rap music and electronic music and you go, what, what do those drums sound different? And it sounded so interesting to me. So I started trying to figure out how they made it, and I discovered drum machines, and I discovered keyboards and computers. I had an Atari 520ST computer sequencing a, a Kai S900 sampler and a Yamaha drum machine and, you know, a Roland keyboard. And, a, and so all of a sudden, my interest in the technology, just trying to figure out how to pull these, put all these things together, sort of led me to a place where now, well, now I have to do something with it, you know? So now you're making songs. You're making songs that you would have not made otherwise, you know, because you wouldn't have maybe, you know, I was, I was as interested in making the sounds and the things work as I was in actually writing. I was never really somebody that wanted to be a musician, you know? I never picked up, when I was a kid, I didn't pick up a guitar and learn how to play guitar until much later. 
I didn't want to play, learn how to play piano when I was a kid. But as soon as I saw those drum machines and those, you know, the computers, I was like, wow, I want to figure that out. So then in the course of figuring out that stuff, which was really interesting me, uh, to me, I said, oh, maybe I've got to figure out how to make music now. And I'm able to write some lyrics. So, so that's the same thing with video, right? You go out to the desert with an unlimited supply of battery and you go, well, well now, now I've got to go somewhere interesting with this van, which, which has my studio in it. And so you start looking for interesting places to go that are remote, that you can sort of, I'm going to go try and make a video and record a song in somewhere that no one's ever done a song before. So you drive out to the middle of Utah and to a crazy, incredibly remote, beautiful desert. And um, once you get there and you're all set up, you go, well, I guess I, I, guess I have to actually make a video now. <laughs> and then you end up making pretty cool video because you're filming things that maybe nobody's ever filmed before in right. that way. Well, just canoeing up to the shore here on this remote island with all the power in the canoe, I could see your wheels turning, just walking around and looking around. And and uh, it it would you say it actually uh, has enhanced your your creativity or where you're already headed in that direction by making a change like this? Yeah. Well, I remember when um, when I moved here, I was I was talking to you guys about how I, you know, I. Uh, I have a barn that's pretty far from power. And I was like, geez, it'd be cool to get some power in my barn, you know? And, uh, you know, I was, it'd be cool to get something in the barn that's sort of like what I have in the van, but just for the barn. And so we all started talking, and, uh, and uh, then that led to the thought of, like, well, what, you know, there's all these lakes around here, and it's, you know, there's, there's like millions of lakes in Canada. And it's, 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 you know, there's so much water here that you can travel deep, deep, deep into the wilderness and be completely off-road, completely, completely isolated from society in a way. You can go, up, you know, it's called portaging, right? You can canoe across a lake and then you pick up your canoe and your stuff and you walk to the next lake. And now once you've gone three lakes in, you're getting to places where you're, there's no one's, sometimes no one's ever been before. Literally, there's places you could go that nobody's ever been before, or very, very few people. So that's kind of, that's always been inspiring me, to me to try to capture something on a film that nobody's really seen before, or go somewhere mm -hmm. that's not, certainly off the beaten track, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so when, you know, when you guys said we could make something to put in a canoe, and it really sort of made me think that's really kind of, an amazing thing because you can go so far on a van and you can go to some really cool remote places in a van but you still got there on a road and other people will come driving down that road and um, but now with the rig that we got here in the canoe I, I, I'm planning on going to some places that you know I can legitimately feel like I'll, I may be the only person that's ever been there and can stay there for an extended period of time, you know, a few weeks, and uh, fish and write and make films and make music and um, kind of just enjoy the... I, I feel it's kind of an absurdity. Like, I find there's, it's, an, it's absurd to me to, to do it, which is also what's inspiring to me. 
might not be like everybody's reason for doing this stuff, but to me, I find it's sort of hilarious too, to be able to go to the middle of nowhere and record a country album or make a short film. And, you know, I, if you understand the limitations of, of, electro, of electronic media, I mean, you, you still always have to have power, right? So, you know, to me, if all of a sudden I know that I'm literally somewhere that is so far off the grid that I could never possibly have had power even just a few years ago or maybe even just a few months ago, who knows? That's hilarious to me. Mm -hmm. That's like, a, there's an absurdity to that, which is what's inspiring because I feel like, oh, we could actually be doing something that no one's ever done before, which has always kind of been what's sort of driven me to try to do something with technology in a way that maybe we're doing something that nobody's ever done before. Right, right. And actually, it, part of the part of what you're doing now, it, there's sort of uh, you're you're doing something that people don't expect someone like you would be doing. I think there's that notion that you come out here and you you're you're doing something that you've never really done before, but you're sort of diving headfirst into it. And that alone is inspiring and could inspire other people to be like, well, okay, I'm, I've never done this, but it's something I've always been intrigued by. I know you grew up in these parts, but living like this is relatively new to you. Well, the new part for me is, is, the, is, the, is the mule and the donkey. Fan, <laughs> I have a mule named Fanny and I have a donkey named Kia, and that's definitely very new. I mean, as a kid and, and growing up in Canada, I did, a, you know, my dad was military and liked going out into the wilderness and canoes and fishing. And so I did grow up doing a lot of that stuff. Okay. Um, and this is, that's sort of something that I've always loved. But it's almost like I had to make a choice. You know, it's like, okay, if you want to be out in nature, then I can't, you know, really necessarily be doing what I like to do with the filmmaking and the music and things like that. But, uh, but now to, to combine those two things is pretty funny, you know, to me. But, um, yeah, it is definitely, it's sort of new again. You know, I moved to Los Angeles for 20 years, and then you come back and you're sort of relearning a lot of things that you remember from growing up. I mean, I... You know, I, you know, I, uh, and uh, and then combining it with the technology is kind of neat. It's it's really it's really it's really it's really interesting. It's like, I think that a lot of people probably would have a lot more, you know, uh, traditional uses for this technology. You know, I don't think it's like just for people that want to go build a recording studio in the Arctic Circle or something like that. I mean, that sounds funny to me, but I think, you know, I'm just thinking as somebody that if I wasn't doing it for the creative reasons, it's just an incredible thing to think that I could go build a, go to a hunting camp or a fishing camp and uh, be off grid and have power to charge my cell phone or my computer or run a few lights or, or do whatever you want, would want power for in that kind of place. So yeah, it's, it's. I just was amazed that you could actually run as much stuff off of, of mm -hmm. battery power. You know, that was what really shocked me when I got the van. Like I knew you could have a battery and have a, a few lights and stuff, but to run an entire com com uh, recording studio, I mean, I had, I had like 17 different electronic components all chained together into this, you know, you know compressors, microphones, preamps, you know, interfaces, keyboards, drum machines, lights, video cameras, computers, cell phones, 
all running off of solar power in the middle of the desert. That was a shock to me two and a half years ago when I figured out that you could do that. Three years ago when I figured out you could do that. Mm -hmm. I'd, I had no idea, which is, was sort of surprising, you know, because I, I like to kind of understand what's possible. And, uh, you know, so I, I would assume that a lot of other people who could really use that kind of technology have no idea that it exists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of old hat for us. Yeah. But all this is is very inspiring to me personally. So um, I just want to thank you so much for your time and and being on this podcast and and for all your hospitality and getting us out here. And yeah, um, it's been you great know. having you. Yeah, it's fun to uh, have people come visit the farm and and go do some things that uh, you might not normally get to do. Explore the Canadian woods and lakes and. I mean, people probably don't even really have a full understanding of where we are right now. I mean, we are, like, we, we're not driving home here, you know, we're going to get back in the canoe and... I think we'll get back. Paddle. Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, this, this island here is crown land. It's not owned by anybody. You know, we're, we're in the wilderness. Um, you saw my trail cams. I'm, I'm, uh, at, at, the, at, at, the, at the farm, out in my woods there, there's lots of wildlife out here. I mean, I'm not saying we're in danger right now, but, you know, there's, there's bears in them there woods, Dennis, right back there. So <laughs> Yeah, well. We and they swim too, video. you know, we're not, they, they can swim out to the <laughs> island here. We're not in, we're not, uh, we're not safe here, Dennis. Uh, really? We're not safe. No, no, it's fine. Okay. Bears, well, are, bear are more, bears are more afraid of us than I've, we are of them. I, I feel a little overdressed. I wore a button-down shirt. I didn't know yeah. what to expect today. It's nice. But, it's like, you know, yeah. I, I canoed all the way out here well-dressed, so I Absolutely, guess that's yeah. how I roll. It's good, but. you know, it's, I think uh, there's a lot of fashion in the uh, canoe world now. <laughs> people, are, people are pretty fashionable now with that. You know, you're making me feel bad now about just wearing this stupid, this, actually this is a nice t-shirt, my friend makes this t-shirt, but, but uh, you know, maybe I should have dressed up too, I should have thought about that. Yeah, I didn't maybe. mean any disrespect to the show by just wearing a t-shirt, I should have put on a tie or something. Yeah, well, but, we'll uh, I think we'll get over it, but, <laughs> but, but thanks for your time and, you know, what, what a great episode. Thanks so much for, for yeah. joining us today. Tom Green on the Limitless Energy podcast. Oh yeah, um, and Charlie. And Charlie. Charlie the pot cake dog. Look how good she's Charlie. been. She's all s s nestled in there with you in the, in the pine I needles. I, I'm, I'm, I'm flattered. She, yeah. she seems to like me. So Good girl. Uh, be sure to subscribe on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks, man. Bye.